This is the Blackout Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things. And today I have Wendy from the Biscuit General Store, right? Yeah, I own Biscuit General Store and I also own a shop called Independent Mercantile. Yes, yeah. and Independent Mercantile. Thanks yeah. for coming on the podcast Thanks today. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I guess, how are you doing with everything now? It's, like, you know, the world is a different beast entirely. Yeah, I was just saying to Monica earlier, she was asking how things were, and I'm like, I feel like I just had to start everything over Everything is new, like running a business. Maybe I've had one for a long time, but it's a whole new thing now. It's a mm. whole different world and everything's different. So I feel like I'm completely starting over. Mm. Yeah. So, but like, let's go back a bit. Mm. Um, how did you, which one came from Biscuit mm-hmm. General started first? Yeah. How did, what was the idea behind that business? How did it come to be? Um, well, that came about, I I always wanted to work in fashion, like since I was a kid. And um, when I was coming out of like high school, I got into the good fashion schools in New York, like Parsons and FIT, but I was super broke and I couldn't go (laughs) because I had no way to make that happen. So I just decided like, I'm going to try to learn whatever I can Mm -hmm. on my own and started taking jobs in that world. So, I mean, I worked in a store and then I became a manager of a store and then One of the designers who sold things to the store was like, hey, do you want to come work for me? And, you know, I just sort of like worked every job in the industry. Um, I ended up working um, eventually in like some production management and design. So I just sort of hopped around and did like customer service, all these different jobs in the fashion industry and ended up learning that way because I couldn't afford to go to school. Mm. Um, And then actually I came to Halifax um, because I'm from the U.S., Uh, I came to Halifax to um, visit my dad, who had moved here, and got offered a job and ended up moving here. But then the company that I was working for, which was based in Europe, decided to close its Canadian operations, and I wanted to stay. So uh, I started my store really as a way to stay in Halifax. And because... I I had worked all these jobs in the fashion industry, which was technically considered like moving up in the fashion industry. But honestly, I really wanted to just be in a shop because I missed it. I oh. I didn't want to work in an office. I always say like, I don't want to work in an office where people talk about clothes. I want to actually work in a place with actual clothes and actual human beings and helping actual human beings find clothes. Mm. (laughs) Because, you know, if you work at at a certain level in the business, it's like you're just in an office and the clothes are like numbers on a spreadsheet. And like that's (laughs) that's not interesting to me. Like Mm. that doesn't do it for me. So Mm. I ended up starting Biscuit as a because I wanted to get back into being in a shop, but also um, because I wanted to stay in Mm. Halifax. And I was here on a work visa and the company I work for. Yeah booted so i was like what can i do um and i started the store with like no money and um everyone said it would fail and it by all measures probably should (laughs) because the first like four years were like really 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 hard um and i was like working a ton a ton of hours myself and we never had enough 
stuff in the store because I was always like, you know, trying to get money to buy more things. Mm. And it was like really scraping by. And then it started to get some momentum. So, I mean, your idea, what was your idea for the store to like get designers to bring their clothes in or? Well, because I had had worked in the fashion business in Canada, I knew there were certain brands of clothes that I liked mm. that weren't available at that time in Halifax. And so I reached out to those brands and said, I'm opening a shop. Would you be willing to sell to me? And sometimes I knew somebody there because I had worked in the industry. Mm. And I'd be like, look, I'm starting the store. Usually if you start a new store, you have to pay people up front. Oh. But I was like, would you be willing to send them to me and I'll pay you mm. a little later? And, <laughs> you know, just sort of like negotiated with people yeah. and um, was able to kind of slowly get it going that way. But it was very much like by my fingernails. Mm. Like it was rough going <laughs> in the beginning. Mm. And, um, and then what ended up happening, it sort of grew from there because after... I had the cl- it was just clothing when I started mm. and then what ended up happening was I was like there was at that time nowhere to buy like cool gifts or accessories and things like that um that weren't expensive mm. because a lot of like you know a lot of the big chain stores that are here now they weren't here then and um so I started trying to seek some of those things out and they were doing really well and so I um moved the shop to Argyle Street to a much Big, to a bigger space, not as big as it is now, but way bigger than what I started with. Mm. And I changed the name to Biscuit General Store because what was it before? It was just Biscuit Clothing because oh. all I had was clothes. Mm. And then um, I moved it down there because I was like, you know, if we call it a general store, we can sell whatever the hell we want. <laughs> you know what I mean? A general store can be like food. Like if we decide we want to sell food, <laughs> we can sell food. And if we wouldn't, you know, want to sell shoes, we can sell shoes. Yeah. And if we do get a lot of people coming in and asking us if we sell cigarettes. <laughs> we do not, and we never will do that. But, um, yeah, I just was like, that's an umbrella, you know, of a mm. name that just can be whatever we want it to be, and then we can keep adapting and unfolding how we want. Mm-hmm. And um, why do you choose a name Biscuit? Um, people always, always ask that. Um, basically, because I'm from South Carolina. I was born and raised there. And... Um, when I was trying to think of a name for the store, and I was trying to open the store really quickly, and uh, I was considering some names that were like an homage to where I grew up, and um, I kept thinking of all these different names. I was like, no, that's dumb. That's cheesy. That's stupid. That's this. Hmm. And I was sitting there with a friend in a coffee shop, and she was kind of getting maybe a little irritated with me. <laughs> a <And> little. She, <laughs> and she said, why don't you just name it what you were going to name your dog? Because I had always said I wanted to have a dog and name it Biscuit. <laughs> and now all, when she said it, I was like, I could see a logo in my mind. Oh. Like, I started to see, like, red and white and the word Biscuit. And I was like, actually, that's kind of fun to say. Like, Biscuit, it's like a short name. And it's like, I could see it written easily. And mm. I was like, actually, I think I like it. <laughs> and so I didn't have a dog yet. So the store got the name. And the <laughs> do you do- have a dog now? Not right now. I'm okay. looking for a new one. But with the pandemic, you cannot get a dog oh, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember once I started, those were like a lot of things. People just started adopting dogs and cats. Yeah. You lot. can't yeah. get one. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully I'll have another one soon. But yeah. So what happened like in year four that made things start moving? I don't really know. I, I think it was like 
we had enough, a, a little bit of time to get, I think I started feeling like some ground under my feet a little bit, maybe a little more confidence. Mm. And we had started to build enough, like I didn't have money to advertise and, you know, do that, but maybe enough word of mouth started to get around where we started building enough of a customer base that was like, okay, okay, like we're starting to get some momentum and traction mm. and felt like I could um, make the move to a bigger space. Actually, it wasn't any more expensive because at that time, Argyle Street was like all empty, papered over. Ooh. Like there was not much down there. there I How think long ago was this? That was like 20 years ago, maybe. Mm. They were like building Neptune Theater, I think. Mm. And... I think the shoe shop was there. Like, there were maybe one or two things there, but there were a lot of empty buildings, and mm. so it wasn't, like, prime, mm. prime real estate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you went in there early. Yeah, we just were like, it's bigger, and, you know, mm. we, we think we can make it cool. Was it still just clothes then? No, that's when I really made the change and changed the name and said, we're going to call it Biscuit General Store because then we can just do whatever we want, mm -hmm. and we'll have that, like, umbrella name that'll just work for whatever direction we go in what were some of the first things you got in that were in clothes um what were some of the first things well i remember like at that time we were like the first store that had the brand french connection which you might have heard about and at that time that was like nobody here had that mm. and um oh god in the early days we had Back in like the raver days, <laughs> there was this brand of pants from Toronto. I don't know if any of you ever heard of them called Mod Robes. I've seen them start to come around like people are now doing that style again. And mm. I'm like, oh, my God. But there were these like really simple baggy pants, unisex that had this like almost like seat belt looking <laughs> belt thing on them. And they made them in like a ton of colors. Mm. We sold bajillions of <laughs> like everybody was like crazy for these pants yeah. and that was but those kind of things helped us like i said get on our feet so mm. we could kind of be like okay okay we can do this did you start with you or did you hire people right away i had a couple of people right away that were friends and i'm still friends with all of them today mm. um but i worked like six days a week myself definitely for the first four or five years mm. and Well, since the pandemic, now I work seven days a week. <laughs> not always in the store, but it's nonstop yeah, yeah, yeah. now. It's like um, <laughs> yeah. And then, I guess, how was it for you when Argyle started becoming what it is now? Um, in most ways, I would say it was a, a gift. I mean, it was, it was great because we didn't have just our customers who came down there looking for us. Mm. Walking through our door, it started being like, Oh, you know, people from the suburbs who are coming down here to go out to dinner were finding us or tourists were finding us. Mm. Um, but then in more recent times, we went through the like disaster of the convention center oh, being built. Oh, yeah, it was like, okay, yeah. Which yeah, was like yeah. pretty bone crushing. Mm. Um, every, every business on our street, on our block, um, either except us and Dirty Nellies, uh, closed, moved, or sold to mm. new ownership because of the construction. So mm. it was pretty brutal. Mm. It was pretty rough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. But, like, uh, are there positives on that it's done? Not yet. <laughs> 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 We're still waiting. <laughs> 
there's nothing in there. It's like a ghost town in that mm. convention center. But at least we're not dealing with construction like that anymore. Mm. It was just so much construction all at once because there were so many huge projects going on at the same time. It was like insane. Mm. Um, and maybe someday the convention center will be something. But I don't know. I mean, pandemics don't but, really but, lend themselves yeah, to Yeah, I know. Center. But uh, the, the former thing is now something new. The former... Um, the former conference. Uh, oh, the convention. old convention yeah, center. Yeah. It's now like the link, the cultural link. Now. Yeah, it's that's. I mean, it's to, not open yet. Yeah, but that's like, supposed to be happening. That's further down Argyle, and I think I'm like all for having more arts and cultural, um, you know, focus points downtown. That would be really, really great. Mm, We'd mm, love to see that actually mm. come to be. If there's a time when we can like all be in the same space or. Again, you know, because I think performance, like for me, that's like, I I love nothing better than going to live performance. It's mm. like, ugh, feeds your soul, right? I mean, yeah. for me, it is like, yeah, I love going to like theater and live music. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, talking about a pandemic, actually, I'll, come, I'll, come, I'll get to that. Mm. But like um, with the store, right? Everything is, you know, so there's like, when did... Um, independent independent mercantile happened um, and why well that came out of um, my inspiration for that a lot of it came out of I'd be out buying for biscuit and so like you know I would go to trade fairs and trade shows or also when I travel I love just looking in other shops and seeing what other people are doing I just I, that's fun to me it might not be to a lot of people but to me it's fun mm. um and i would see all this great stuff and i was like why doesn't anyone have this in halifax why isn't that around where we are and it was things like um like a few of the things i remember really stuck with me were these like these glasses when you go to europe they're on every bistro or bar table there are these great french glasses called um duralex glasses and they're not expensive or fancy. They're just like these really great glasses that you see everywhere there. And I'm like, you can't find them here. Why can't you find those here? Yeah. Or these like beautiful blankets that I would see in lots of other places. And I never saw them here. And so that was part of it. I was like, why can't we get these things in Halifax? Why isn't anyone offering them? Um, so that was part of it. And also I think I was like, I'd had biscuit long enough where maybe I was starting to get like wanting another challenge, getting a little itchy <laughs> and wanting to see if like I could take on more and, and maybe try to grow. Mm. Um, but also, honestly, in light of what was going on with the convention center and how th tough things were for biscuit, I was trying to find another revenue stream oh, for myself because yeah. I was like, I got to <laughs> hedge my bets. And you know what I mean? I yeah, was like, yeah, can yeah. I maybe get a little salary from there and get some from here and like mm. just like di diversify my, yeah, yeah, my yeah. life a little bit so that I'm not so dependent on that one thing that was so living on the edge. Mm. I was like, I better, you know have options. Wow. Um, so that was part of it. But then also a huge part of where it ended up is um, because I've always wanted to do something in my neighborhood. And I've lived on Falkland Street for like tw 23 years maybe. And I always wanted to do something that was in that area. And so when I was going to open this second business, I really looked around at lots of different options. And I'm really happy that we ended up 
where we did. Mm. Yeah. And how long ago was it uh, when you started independent? Um, I think it's like almost six years mm. now. Um, and so what's it? It's, it's also like clothes or? No, just... it's not clothes at all. Oh, we don't great. have any clothes there. It's um, So it's home goods, like I was saying, like glasses and like barware, things for your kitchen, um, like gifts and things like for self-care, like candles and skincare and grooming products and um, shaving stuff and just uh, plants just mm. like lots of things for your gift for gifts and for your home and for entertaining and things like that how do you decide what you put in each store well they have pretty different vibes even though I mean I guess it's all me so maybe there's some similarity <laughs> you know what I mean because maybe mm. I have my own point of view or like what appeals to me but Like, Biscuit is mostly clothes, and then we sell accessories and some gifts. But the gifts we have at Biscuit are much more, like, pop culture, like you'll see here. They're more, like, kind of funny and pop culture. Yeah, this one stood out for me. How to be vegan and keep your friends. Yeah, so, like, we have books there, but I try to have books that, like, you're not going to see everywhere else. Yeah, that yeah, are, like, yeah, kind yeah. of, like, fun and current. And, um, and so... That's the kind of stuff we have at Biscuit, whereas independent mercantile is more like really lovely things for your home or for taking care of yourself. I would say it has maybe a little bit more of a, um, it's like ageless and has a little bit less, um, like Biscuit's more playful and independent mercantile is maybe more sophisticated or mm. grown up in a certain way in terms of the <laughs> gifty things that we have. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you, you run these two stores. Yeah. Um, even like, so even with the pandemic and before that, I'm sure you're super busy. How do you like make time for yourself? And <laughs> Okay, fine. You're hilarious. <laughs> When you do get time for yourself, uh -huh. how do you spend that downtime? Um, well, pre-pandemic, my favorite Like, really, the thing that I feel like gives me life and that I really mm. love, I love to travel. Uh, I really, really love to but travel. But wouldn't that be also kind of like work for you, too? I do end up traveling for work mm. um, to do buying and go to shows. But also, it's what I like doing for if uh, I do have time. And also, it's one of the only ways I can get myself to actually stop working is if I go <laughs> away from... You know what I mean? Like yeah, if I'm yeah, in a strange yeah, yeah, city yeah. and I get myself away from the laptop, I might actually like go mm. take a walk in a park and do something. And mm. you know what I mean? Go wander mm. around or go, and go to museums. And like I said, like for me, I love going to museums. I love going to the theater. I love, um, I love just wandering streets in a place I don't know mm. and just people watching and looking at the buildings and like I I just adore doing that that's mm. super happy place for me okay yeah. and what are some of the places you've traveled to oh um lots i mean um you know around the u.s and canada a bit but um in terms of more exotic places um well i've been to um a fair number of places in europe and also in uh asia but i want to do Like, there's a lot more I still want to do. So, where was the last place you went to before the shutdown? Mm. That wasn't for work. Oh. Because <laughs> I was in L.A., like, right before, and Toronto, like, two days before. Um, but L.A., 
LA is mixed for me because I go there for work. I do a lot of buying there, mm. and it's where we make our own in-house brand um, that we sell it. At Biscuit, we have some things that we collaborate with makers in LA to sew for us. Mm. Um, so I do go there for work, but I also have some of my like closest friends there, and so it's a real mix of like work uh, and enjoyment. What's the in-house label called? Is it just Biscuit? Or? It's called Bonanza by Biscuit. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. And it's like just usually pretty affordable little things that we do collaborations with some of the like smaller fashion companies in LA that we've worked with. And when they get to know us a bit, sometimes we collaborate on stuff. Mm. Do you ever work with local designers or we have. Do they have stuff in, in biscuit? Um, we have in the past. It's that's been somewhat of a challenge, honestly, like it's kind of a bit of a heartbreaker historically. Well, a lot of times we've tried to partner with local designers and put a lot of effort in, and then nothing ever um, ended up materializing. Mm. Um, but we have at times done some. There's just not a lot of clothing that's made here. Like, there aren't many people actually making clothes here, so there's not a ton. Okay, so I guess I'm a designer and I want to get my stuff in Biscuit. What do I do? Um, well, the first thing I always tell people is just reach out to me, like either on social media or via email. And um, I need to see what they're making and see if it makes sense in our store for something that we think our customers would would buy. Mm. Um, and you need to kind of have um, your ducks in a row in terms of understanding that like uh, you can't we can't buy things at the price that people sell them like that's also a big stumbling block all the times they say like well i sell this shirt for fifty dollars and so then they want to sell it to me for fifty dollars and i'm like well yeah but i have to mark it up because i have to pay staff and rent and insurance mm. and utilities and all these things so is, is that why it makes sense when you do more stuff um you mean like volume more, yeah volume yeah more, um yeah, we don't buy a lot of volume usually per style, but that's what the companies that we deal with are doing. Oh, They're mostly right. people yeah, who yeah. are doing a little bit more volume. Gotcha. We do work with a lot of smaller Canadian designers. There just haven't been a ton from here. Mm. But like we worked with, um, I don't know if you know Anna Gilkerson, who owns Anna and Zach, which used to be Make New. Yeah. When she was doing a line that she sold in other stores, like we had her things and we have had like different t-shirt lines and things over the years from okay. from local designers so I'm always like bring it on like mm. I would love to do more of that so um uh, I guess do you like you don't ever want to design stuff you just like if it's pretty you want to put it in the store to sell I have well I used to work as a designer and then our in-house brand Bonanza I do design a lot oh, of that oh, oh okay yeah. that collaboration okay gotcha. yeah so gotcha. i call gotcha. it collaboration because i don't like to quite say i design it because i don't like make the patterns or do anything like that but mm. what happens is if it's a an la brand that maybe we've been buying things from and they already have production facilities and all of that i'll go and say hey would you be open to doing something like this mm. and like maybe it'll be a dress i show them that i'm wearing or like something i like, oh, remember that dress we did last summer? Could we do something like this where we make it like three inches longer and then we change the sleeve like this? And mm. like, and then I look through their fabrics and say like, what if we did it in this fabric and these buttons? And if they like my idea, they'll, it's sometimes a win-win because like for them, they're kind of getting someone who knows the business, who's giving them ideas for 
free. Mm. <laughs> and then for me, it means sometimes I can get something made that I think will work for us. But they, the thing is, you have to make like three, four, five hundred of something, mm-hmm. and I can't sell that. Mm. So what they do is they give me like six of them with my label in it, mm. and then they take the other four hundred and whatever, hundred and ninety-four. Yeah. And put their label in it and sell it to stores in Japan and Chile and wherever, all mm. over the place under their label. So that's why I say it's like a real collaboration because gotcha. they do the production and they make it possible for me to get things done mm. that I would I don't have the volume to accomplish mm. that. So it's sort of like a collaboration that way. How did you pick a uh, designer on the name Bonanza? Pardon? How? Why did I call it Bonanza? Yeah. Um, I chose that name because... Um, Bonanza means like a, a, like winning the lottery. Yeah, like <laughs> it's a really happy name. Like a treasure chest, like and it just feels like really positive. It means like, you know, hooray! It happened, mm. <laughs> and you know, I wanted something that felt really positive and not pretentious and not like snobby. And um, I just thought that Bonanza had this feeling of like. Um, celebration yeah it, it sounds super happy yeah. do you find that you have the same clients going to both stores or is there a distinct um difference between people that are going to each store we do we definitely do have a lot of overlap i i think um definitely yes and um i find mercantile is interesting because we it's more neighborhoody because it's a a neighborhood. Right there. <laughs> it's more of a residential area, so yeah. um, it has more of the neighborhoody vibe. And also, I find a lot of old, much older people who maybe come to where we are in Gottingen because they're like going to the bakery or something like that. They come to Mercantile and buy the housewares, where as they might not be our clothing customer for biscuit Mm. so i find we get more of the neighborhood vibe there and we get like a lot of these sort of much older senior clients there Mm. that aren't really our downtown clothing Mm. people yeah okay (laughs) so you you are in la then you get to toronto and then it's like oh wait people are really dying uh we are shutting everything down what is your reaction as a business owner? Um, we closed real fast. Mm. Um, basically, we, I mean, we closed before they told anyone to close because I was just, I came back from Toronto and I think it was on like the 11th or something in March. Mm. And I went to work and I just felt so uncomfortable Um Asking one of the main things on my mind was asking my staff to come to work on the bus, mm. you know, because I mean, I don't make them take the bus, but you know, I know, mm. I know that a lot of them do. And, um, and just thinking, like, what are we doing here? Like, is this really important right now? Mm. And just nothing, ooh, sorry, okay, <laughs> nothing to me would ever be as important as like risking people's health and safety and so i just was like not feeling comfortable even even though people were coming in and wanting to buy things i felt really weird being like yeah you should buy this dress right now because that's really important at this moment in time i just felt super uncomfortable and actually what you know what it reminded me of is um it reminded me of 9-11 when i was in toronto when 9-11 happened and i remember i called the shop and i just said close 
it had like it really reminded me of that same feeling which was just like just fucking close like this doesn't feel right right now I just don't this is not important right now and so I just told both of the stores I just was like that's it we're we're closing Mm. this until I mean at that time we didn't know that everything was going to close even but I just was like until we know more like I just can't do this Mm. so yeah Uh, but then it, it, you know, it's like week one, then week five. Dude, when we, when we closed, I was like talking to my staff and thinking like, oh, so it'll be like a couple weeks and like, you know, we'll all get to like take a little breather. And I was so, sort of thinking like it'll be, I didn't think it through. Like I didn't know enough to think it through mm. and realize like, oh, this is going to be like a while. Mm. And um, I remember... Anna from Anna and Zach make new um, Anna and I were talking and and we were like let's get some of the women owned like small business owners together on zoom and just like see what's up with everybody this was like early on and we all got on zoom and we were all kind of like shell shocked <laughs> and we were thinking like yeah it's gonna be like you know three or four weeks and mm. like god oh, it's gonna be really hard to survive missing three or four weeks of sales but we'll figure it out and we had no idea mm. no idea and then it sinks, and then what? Um, well, I have to say, like, um, I felt really grateful to be in Canada. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing that hard, but... <laughs> well, but like, I'm from South Carolina. Yeah. It's, like, bad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's strange when people make something that's keeping them alive political i don't oh my god even just today i was looking at stuff i was like are you kidding me but like yeah i i feel so grateful it's not perfect and you know there Mm. there are things that have been issues here for sure but i just felt like the fact that they rolled out support for people so quickly Mm. so people didn't have to have that like panic and fear When, like, I would talk to my friends in the States who were, like, right, like, you know, within two weeks, we're going, shit, I can't pay my rent. Mm. And we weren't having that moment because, you know, I mean, I know the next few years are still going to be super bumpy and there's going to be a depression. I don't know what's going to happen or if my businesses will survive. But the fact that they tried to roll out help quickly so people didn't have to have that immediate panic while we're all trying to figure shit out mm. i felt so grateful mm. to to be here honestly mm. i feel really like yeah yeah it's better you know yeah yeah i know and funny enough just before the shutdown i was in florida myself right mm. and then i don't know like i was there for, for a conference and like i get i get back and i'm like oh wait everything is shutting down I was like, okay, fine, I can work from home. Cause, but then you realize that life is not going to be the same for a very, very long time. Yeah, that took a while mm. for me to kind of get that. The like, oh, I can't, you know, we're not going to see people. And it's going to be more than a few weeks. And, you know, that it were, it was... It's very surreal. Mm. I feel like we're really living in this super surreal science fiction. I like, know. Strange, strange thing that years from now, the, you know, maybe we'll have some perspective on it. But right now, it's just like, 
but but like i mean i guess as human beings we adapt we're resilient and we mm. try and make it work somehow yeah so we're opening up you know reasonably um what is that like for your businesses um i well it's been okay i mean i feel like the only way i wanted to do that is if i could do it and feel good about it because mm. if it felt sketchy it just didn't you know wouldn't be worth it mm. but we feel like we like i just worked really closely with my staff and we really talked about what can we do so that everybody feels safe and we've talked a lot about um at biscuit especially we've talked a lot about the idea of trust and that how we as a team all really need to have trust for each other mm. and um because we really need to trust that each of us are doing the things because we're going to be in close proximity with each other, like that each of us are following protocols to keep each other safe. And um, so like what we're doing is we've been kind of overzealous with safety protocols. Mm. Like we're quarantining all the clothes that people try on and like that's not anything that's required, but we just felt like that's how we can feel okay about what we're doing and feel that we're taking care of people and not risking things to try to, you know, make money and mm. pay our rent and do the things we got to do. Um, and for the most part, I would say people coming in have been really respectful and appreciative. And I think people are really turning up to try to support local business, which mm. we really appreciate. Um, but it's still super uncertain. I don't know how this is all going to play out. It depends how long it takes because we're definitely, you know, like in the summer, at my store downtown on Argyle Street, like I'd say probably 30% of my business was from tourists and mm. they're not here. <laughs> mm. So like, I I don't know how to predict the mm. iterations down the, down the road, but right now we're just trying to like do everything we can um, to take, take care of our staff and keep people coming in feeling respected and safe. Mm. And like, we're all wearing masks in the store all the time. All our staff are wearing them. We make everyone use hand sanitizer. It's not optional. Mm -hmm. We've had a few people refuse and I was like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> but I just, it's like I said, it's the only way we can feel good about like, you're going to be walking around the store touching stuff. Mm. If you use that on the way in, I feel okay about that. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, for the most part, people have been really sweet and supportive. One thing, you know, that the pandemic has kind of taught me is that, um, I, yeah, so my country, my company is called Ubuntu, and Ubuntu is this whole South African, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sentence, but like the essence of that sentence is that we are stronger together, you know, it's, it's a big thing, and, and that's what this pandemic does, like, all it takes is one person being stupid and not caring about the other person. And you, you kind of have to get out of yourself and like, what I'm doing affects everybody else. God, yeah. It's like that word community means so much more now, mm. you know, because it's not just talking about like this may be picture we had in our mind of what community means but it actually means like you know communal and that we're all impacting each other in mm. such a real way and um yeah that word trust i keep coming back to like i was talking to my my mama who still lives in north carolina and mm. um 
she said to me, like, we were talking about the whole mask controversy in the U.S. And mm. she like she compared it to like wearing a condom, which I had never thought of. But I was like, that's it's so true because it's not just like people saying like, you know, you can't make me wear a mask. It's like, yeah, but you're doing it for everybody else. Like, that's why you do those things. Right. It's it's that's that idea of community or like some kind of social contract or social that we're all responsible for each other. Like, think of all the things we do to be responsible for each other, right? Mm. Like, we do all the time. Like, you could say, like, I don't feel like using my turn signal when I drive and you can't make me. But, like, it's something we you do for everybody's sake. And yeah. we, I trust that you'll do it and you'll trust that. You know what I mean? Mm. It just feels like we have to be thinking that way more than ever. Not just with, like, wearing a mask, but just, like, Everything. Yeah, like trying to su- support our neighbors and look out and make sure people are okay and mm. checking in with people and, you know, all and supporting local companies, whatever it is. I just think we have to do that right now. I mean, not like to get on a soapbox or a microphone or something, <laughs> but like I think we are really doing well in Nova Scotia at I least. I do too. Yeah, um, and it's always nice when we're like, oh, day three, we know this thing. And, and like, the new cases we had were people coming from outside. So so it's like, in here, we kind of are doing the best we can. But, like, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of stuck with the depression. Let's talk about your social media. It's so happy. <laughs> it's so happy. It is. It is. Like, um, I mean especially for biscuit mm. right it's like this happy zone thanks yeah um so like do you have a team behind that or yeah. how do you how how does that how do you, especially your instagram is more what i'm talking about thank you yeah. i mean these days actually the team is myself and my niece oh <laughs> um and that's been really great like she jumped in we quarantined together um during the shutdown mm. and um she offered to kind of jump in and and uh be like a thought partner and help me um with social media during this time and also because since we were quarantining together it made a lot of sense because we were doing photo shoots together and that wouldn't have been as comfortable with someone who wasn't in our household mm. um but generally i mean yes yeah, so that's been great but generally that's we even have it on our wall that um that we say that like biscuit is your happy place. And that I really, that's important to, to me and like why I want to do it. I mean, it is my work and my livelihood, but it's also, I only, I don't mind showing up at work because I think it is. And we try to make it be a positive and happy place. That's like, it's super important to us that it's really, you know, inclusive and positive and not, um, snobby and not judgmental and um yeah i mm. i want it to be that kind of space yeah it comes from the instagram okay um i don't want this to end but yeah we're out of time so i'm gonna end it with this question now you know i mean with the pandemic and everything but even with all that you have these years and years of experience mm-hmm. right um someone out there watching listening says okay i have this great idea or i want to turn into a business like what from your experience would you share with this person um 
Well, I've sometimes been like asked to speak to like groups of entrepreneurs and things. And so maybe I'll think of a few things I've said to them or like I love mentoring new businesses. And that's something I do with a few people right now. Um, one thing I tell people is go make mistakes on somebody else's payroll. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like one of the most valuable things I had before I started my shop was that I worked for all these other businesses mm. and I basically went around and was like, don't do that. Don't do that. That's fucked up. Don't do that. I don't know if I can say that. Yes, you can. It really taught me so much of like um, traps and pitfalls and um, things that I could see by working in other businesses that was like, ooh, got to watch out for that. That's mm. not, that doesn't work. So that's one thing I encourage people is like, don't just run out of the gates without kind of going out and learn some lessons on somebody else's payroll like mm. while you're while you're working for them instead of taking your shot you know and blowing it um another thing i would say is like if if you are in the midst of doing it and i know that these times are especially challenging and i mean i've like i said i feel like i'm starting over it's a whole new business like i just launched e-commerce for biscuit the day before yesterday like oh. it's a whole new which I've needed to do for years, granted, but um, it's just we all have to do business in new and different ways now. Mm. And I just feel like um, don't give up <laughs> because everyone who looked at my business the first few years that I was open would have said this is failing. Mm. The numbers did not look cute and it didn't make sense on paper, but. If you really, really love it and you care about it, like, keep fighting, like, keep working it. And um, and then the other thing I would say is get advice because I, I still do. If I don't know how to do something or if I feel um, like there's something that's out of my area of expertise or sometimes mm -hmm. just, like, I want to hear what other people are doing, I talk to my peers. I talk to other entrepreneurs but also, like, I have business advisors and mentors myself that I go to and say, like, I don't know how to do this. What do you do when this happens? And so I think get advice, too. Wow. Thank you so much, Wendy. <laughs> Thank you, Israel. I feel weird, like, had this whole conversation and didn't even talk yeah. about you. It's so, like, I'm not used to doing that. No, no. That, no so now the, we the have to, like, turn it around. <laughs> The show today is about you, and and I'm going to make time to talk about me and, and stuff. Okay. Deal? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. I like it. Thank you. This is the Blackout Podcast. listening.